is it just me or the past week has felt like it has had 25 days or so? Let's talk about Leicester. Let's talk about Man City dropping points and much more. You wanted an Arsenal Women podcast. Well, guess what? You got an Arsenal Women podcast on YouTube this time. Let's go. Welcome, 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 my friends, to the very first ever That Arsenal Women podcast on YouTube, on video. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I finally have this set up, and I'm really, really excited to do these. I think the more alternatives there are, the more avenues, so to speak, of Arsenal content, Arsenal Women content, the better. So I am here now via video, and I hope that this is going to be a constant. Sometimes I'll do the live shows after a match where I can talk with people like Adam Salter and others. And of course, these are my normal podcasts, but I decided to do them via video. So in case you don't know me and you don't know who I am, I'll give you a little brief rundown. As you can tell by looking, uh, there's a bunch of instruments back here. I am a professional musician. I live in the city of LA. My name is Demian, which I should have said before. But anyhow, I've had this passion and this love for Arsenal women for a long time. And I've been doing these podcasts called That Arsenal Women Podcast. And if you just found this on YouTube, I encourage you to check check all those episodes out. And of course, I leave all the pertinent uh, or the pertinent info in all the description below and all this other stuff because I've never really done any of this. So I'm kind of new, very new to this game. So Welcome to this space, which is very much a very subjective, feelings-based space. It's very opinion-based, and I am not a statistician. I am not a match analysis expert. I don't talk a lot about tactics. I might mention some things here and there, but by and large, I try to talk about Arsenal women as a whole, women's football as a whole, and things adjacent to Arsenal women. However, this past week, there has been a lot of things going on, and I felt not only a need to talk about a lot of things, but I also felt that I wanted to make sure that I pay respect not only to you know incidents that have happened or things that are worth mentioning in, in normal conversation, but also looking ahead at a couple of different things. So first things first, we had that match against Leicester that on my blog, by the way, I'll link it here as well, I have a blog in which I write every single day about Arsenal women, and it's called That Arsenal Women Blog. You can just visit thatarsenalwomenblog.com, and you'll hear and you'll read, I should say, lots of different things every single day. So some of those things I'll mention on this podcast if I think it's worth uh, talking about again. And there are some things that I might talk about it there that I might feel might be a little best kept if it's in written form and so on and so forth. But one of the things that I had mentioned was prior to this Leicester match that I felt that we had to run up the score. I felt that this was a match that was absolutely perfect for the girls to score six, seven goals and try to grow that goal differential. And be, because I felt that if we were to be tied with Man City, obviously, which is a possibility or was a possibility, uh, I just felt that the, the more advantages the girls would have, the better. And if it wasn't going to be a points thing and we were to be level on point with Man City, that would be an amazing match to run up the score. And I felt that that's what will would have happened if we had sort of the normal lineup. And we all know that a lot of players are injured and it's going to be very, very hard in general because the quality of the league is rising 
and it seems to be that way, especially when we need points. <laughs> uh, and it's just not the the good old WSL where we you you felt confident with the players, you know, scoring six goals or something like that. Those days of Lisa Evans hat tricks or four goals per game are long gone. Things are much even. And by the way, I say this, and then Chelsea wins seven nothing. But anyway, that's what I thought it would be, and it wasn't. It was a very very tough match, and I do have to say that I watched this match in. I went to Portland to visit my sister. And in Portland, there's an amazing bar called the Sports Bra, which is a bar restaurant that is dedicated dedicated exclusively to women's sports. It's all they play. It's all they show. It's unbelievable. So if you go to Portland, you cannot not go to the Sports Bra. It's a beautiful experience. The food is great. The service is great. Everything about it was magnificent. So I strongly recommend you do it. But I went with my sister and I felt it would have been or I, I was hoping that it would be like, you know, fairly easy. You go in, you sit, you order a burger, an Arnold Palmer, and you just watch the girls annihilate this team. And it didn't happen. Leicester were pretty good. We weren't as good as we would have liked. But anyhow, the result wasn't exactly the uh, breathtaking, you know, pounding that you would have expected, you know, and it was just a one nil win, uh, an amazing goal by Frida Manum. So hats off to her. That was lovely. Good. good great to see Jody with the assist. That was lovely as well. But, you know, I was a little nervous about that. And I felt that the next sort of place where my eye would go wasn't necessarily Arsenal versus Brighton because th destiny wasn't or at this point, wasn't really within our grasp, I thought, or in our hands. I thought that some things had to work our way. And then when you see the potential of Man City playing against Liverpool and how good Man City have been, eh, you start doubting that a team as low on the table like Liverpool would bring anything to the table necessarily. But it happened, and they won, and it was incredible. And to see... Man City drop points was beautiful. I wasn't expecting it, but it's just what our girls needed and it's what they deserved for, for you know, divine poetry. And, and I just felt it was so good to read that score and seeing Liverpool win and it, and it was amazing. And, you know, I found it very ironic that the when the men's squad sort of went wrong or where the, where it went wrong was at Anfield dropping those points. Liverpool beat Man City. It's just like these connections that I'll talk about in a minute. But I was really happy because I, I felt that three things could happen. On one, on one hand, obviously, the dropping of points happened, and it's what we need with a direct rival, especially gunning for a Champions League spot. Another thing that I felt was worth mentioning or that I thought about when I when Man City lost was the potential momentum change, you know, them losing to a low team or a team that's low on the ta in the table, uh, Arsenal just winning and grinding out a win against Leicester, and then we have a, a fairly easy match, you would hope, against Brighton in a couple of days. So I felt that there could be a momentum change that was very much, again, it was very much needed. But the third point that I thought that was the, was the most important, in my opinion, was that now it gives the girls basically back control. Now, if they win all the matches, they will finish above Man City, hence finishing, uh, you know, at a place where they could, um, would they, where they would qualify for the for next season Champions League. So, 
I'm really excited about that. And I thought it was really, really incredible. And then I was writing on my blog about, uh, you know, the potential parallels of these, you know, Arsenal men in Liverpool and Man City. And then how now we're, you know, sort of going ahead Man City and we're, we're profiting from, from their demise, so to speak. I wish it was in, in real life and not figurative. It was actually literal. Uh, because they're financial dopers, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> but I was watching Stranger Things season three as I'm I was typing this morning, and uh, there's a scene where they talk about apophenia, which is basically this when we see patterns that aren't really there, and they're they're basically coincidences. And I was just writing, you know, how convinced I was about, you know, Man City and Liverpool and the men's squad and the women's squad and all this other stuff. And then next thing you know, they mentioned that. And I, I just love these nudges that the universe sort of gives you from time to time being like, hey, settle down. You're not as you're not as smart as you think you are. Or you're not, uh, you know, stick to music, basically, is what I, what I gather from the universe. But anyhow, that was just something that I felt that was uh, really interesting because I'm I'm one of those people that feels that that we have to focus on what we control, what we control, what we control, and sort of ignore the noise, ignore a lot of things. But when you start sort of through wishful thinking, seeing these patterns and kind of hoping this and hoping that, um, I just find it really interesting how sometimes life can remind you really quickly that it's just that. It's just hope. And, you know, with that word, we always hear about, as Arsenal fans, it's the hope that kills you. And I've never enjoyed that and I've never liked that that sort of frame of thinking and if you've heard my podcast before if you know me personally you know that I'm very much a optimistic person I'm all about positivity so for me hope and kills you you know like hope in something very negative it is not not only literally is is it not congruent but it just it's not something that I subscribe to and I don't see them being worthy of being in the same phrase or the same sentence. So I'm always the hope guy. I always believe that Arsenal men could still win the title. I think that until mathematically impossible, I will think that the women can accomplish X, Y, or Z. So that's something that I kind of wanted to make sure that that I express because you hear it often, especially towards the end of the season. It's the hope that kills you. It's the hope that kills you. It's the hope that kills you. And I'm not really that person. I'm all about hope, my friends. Another thing that is worth uh, mentioning or that I had in mind or have had in mind is clearly the injuries. We've had many, many injuries. We don't need to rehash or talk about them at all. However, what really sort of stressed me out or, or bumps me out from a fan's perspective, not talking about the, the well-being mentally and physically of the players, because you heard me talk a lot about that, and you know I care more about that than anything else. One of the things that I'm thinking about as far as forward thinking and the vision of the club and Jonas is that you would have thought that next season he could be uh, or he could bring in the the players that he feels he should be bringing in and, you know, have an imprint on the, the style of play, tactics, systems, much like Mikel Arteta is doing for the men. And I was really hopeful halfway through the season or three quarters of the season. I was like, well, yeah, we'll have to wait till next season. I'm hopeful that it'll happen. And then I started kind of remembering, well, wait, like, hold on. Viv is gone for a minute. Beth is gone for a minute. Leah Williamson now is gone for potentially a year. Laura is gone for about a year. I don't know the status of Kim Little. I don't know how 
um, fit Steph Catley would be, and I hope that she would be fit for the World Cup because it's the very least that she deserves. So I I was just very much sort of confused as to what to think about next season. Normally, I would be like all in and believe that we can win the whole thing uh, with a proper, you know, um, off season and, you know, the World Cup being potentially something really, really positive for a lot of players in terms of their confidence and so on and so forth. So that's kind of what I had in mind prior to all these injuries. And then I was like, it kind of dawned on me and I'm like, wait a second, Jonas now might have to either buy a bunch of players that he feels are closer to those that are injured or work magic with some of the players that haven't necessarily delivered or have had to deliver from an emergency standpoint or like a survival mode type of situation that I don't necessarily think is sustainable for a lot of the players, given what I've seen in their careers from a very subjective point of view. But we'll see. And clearly, he knows much more than I, I, I will ever do. And of course, I trust his judgment fully. That, that, I mean, that goes without saying. Um, so I'm excited anyway, because if one thing, if there's one thing that I really appreciate about this season, especially the last few months, has been these players stepping up, uh, adapting to different systems, playing different roles, playing different positions. Steph Catley, uh, Katie McCabe, you name, I mean, all of them, Freedom on them, Blackstenius, they've been incredible. Wuben Moy played incredibly well. Palova played incredibly well the last couple of matches. So I'm excited to see the future as a from a fan's perspective. But if I were to try to look at it from a more objective point of view, which is inc incredibly hard and damn near impossible, I'm sort of not quite sure exactly what to expect for next year. Almost like whatever happens next year, I'll be fine with it. And I'm willing to sort of, as long as we get Champions League qualification next year, I'm going to be happy and just kind of hope that the following season is um, more of a, um, you know, we, I guess more of a so solid foundation and more of a um, authoritative uh, sort of step, if that makes sense, as far as the title is concerned. But who knows, you know, you know, with with next season also that implies the summer and transactions and players leaving and some players coming in. And, you know, the other thing about injuries is that, you know, because these, I'm trying to assume that, that they're the way that they make decisions is not only from a professional standpoint and making more money, like a lot of men do, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful. And I think, and I assume that a lot of the decisions that these super highly empathetic and emotionally intelligent people, uh, AKA Arsenal women and female players as a whole, I think a lot of their decisions might have to do with with different things or they value things differently, not money, uh, because money has not really been a part of the the DNA of women's football. So I'm, I'm, I would imagine that a player, for example, like Leah Valti might be a little hesitant to move on if she sees that Leah Williamson is injured, that maybe X other player are injured or there there's not a plan to buy a replacement for her or so on and so forth. Uh, you know, she might stay or she might be, she might lean to stay. Maybe at some point she wanted to leave. You know, let's just say that at some point they, the long-term vision through conversations or whatever was to have Wuben Moy partner Hafaeli and have Leah Williamson maybe replace Leah Valti if Leah was wanted to leave or whatever. But now there's no Leah Williamson. So I'm hopeful that Leah Valti will be like, hey guys, no, I'm not going to leave you guys hanging. I'm going to stay for an extra year. I don't know. 
you, you know, sort of one can only hope type of a situation. So as much as I dislike the idea of like, we'll just have to wait and see. That's just the reality of it. We'll have to wait and see. Next match against Brighton is going to be a very important one. We need three points. The more we win, the better. We only have a couple more games after that, including, I want to say, Chelsea and then Aston Villa, which are not easy matches at all. So that's going to be really interesting. But I'll do another podcast when the time comes to either preview or review some of those matches. And again, not from a tactical standpoint, but more of a, like you know, now a feelings-based thing. So anyway, my friends, we've reached the end of this. Thank you for being part of this very first ever Arsenal women podcast video situation. I'm really proud of all the work that I've been doing because I love Arsenal women and I love creating a space for you that might be very different from everything that you hear otherwise and that you're inundated in whenever there's a match or, you know, anything related to Arsenal women in that landscape. So thank you all for listening, for watching, and we'll speak again very soon.